products or um, maybe even record their sales in the book and the book get lost and all that. So um, Keeper Africa has done something really marvelous, um, helping businesses keep track of accounting. There are a lot of cool features that the app already has, like the depths, depths um, reminder feature and a lot of cool stuff. And good enough, you know, in in just the months that Keeper has been on ground or in the, in the market, they have been able to drive more than 50,000 users. That is massive. And recently, they raised some funding. So um, I'm sure our guest today will be very, very um, helpful in helping us understand how to drive product growth as a pioneering disruptor. Um, pioneering disruptor because, like I said, accounting is not what you know a typical small business want to pay attention to. So it's it's some load of effort trying to get them into the culture of recording their sales. So we want to learn how Keeper has been able to do it, and most importantly, have our guests share our insight over over the years, over the months, driving product growth across the country. So, um, could you please introduce yourself, if you can hear me? Hi. Um, yes, I can hear you. Um, can you hear me? Yes, I can. I can. Thank you for okay. looking at me. <laughs> um, okay, to clarify, my name is pronounced Onyinyechi. Um, but you didn't do so badly, <laughs> but you're not oh. spot on. Um, Okay, that, that, that's a nice way of telling me that I could have done better. <laughs> yeah, you could have done better, definitely. Um, okay. My name is Oguchi, and um, it's, glad to, it's like great to be here. Yeah, um, I work as the product marketing manager at Keeper. And yeah, just like you explained, Keeper does our first product um, is an accounting and bookkeeping management um products for small businesses in Africa and um, you know you're saying how accounting isn't like something that a lot of small businesses um, pay attention to and you know partly that's true but there's also the fact that you know small business owners do pay attention to that but they're just not doing it well right now and there are not, not a lot of solutions that are um, built specifically for Nigerian small business owners in that um, their problems are different. Um, the way that they approach things is different. It's very Nigerian. Um, and so that's what we're building. And for me, like introducing myself, um, I, I have worked at Kipa for about four or five months now. And prior to working at um, Kipa as a product marketing manager, I worked at Guarantee Trust Bank. And there I also did like a similar role. But at that time, my role was very much like tied to driving action using content so i focused a lot on like content marketing while i guarantee trust bank and prior to that i worked at one of um nigeria's biggest digital advertising agency anacle where i also worked in content marketing as well so i have like a content marketing background um and that is really um key in helping me drive product growth right now but um right now i focus on product marketing at skipper africa Great, thank you very much for the intro. That's quite a journey. Um, so my first question would really be, 
how easy was it for you to transition from being large working largely in content marketing through your work at GD Bank and at Anaco into now taking a broader role of you know taking growth in its whole entirety yeah okay um it wasn't it, it was so i think that content marketing in many different ways like um it's 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 the great background for anybody that is interested in marketing generally because it's it helps you to align with storytelling and it also helps you if you're really um good at it it helps you to align with what how people think and what people resonate with so when i moved from gt bank to kipa i did move as a content marketing manager initially so i was hired initially at kipa as a content marketing manager and then but again because it's a product driven company it became very clear that um we needed to focus a lot on getting people internally and externally to understand what the product does making sure that users and business owners in general understand how this product would make their lives easier and um just like focusing on that to grow the company generally so it it was it was it was more like a necessity yeah it wasn't something i was looking for it was more like oh this is what the company needs at this time and um i was like the best i don't know the best equipped to step into that role and so i moved into that role great thank you for clarifying that um so you said something that's very very interesting which is saying that content is a background for every other marketing um so i would probably take that on and say okay even if it's ads even if it's any other type of um marketing content is really the base um so my next question would then be um from your experience you know if if you're going to say oh this was what made our product successful this was what really made people understood our product and this was what helped us to acquire you know the big result that we got what would you say are those channels that you know you really focused on um so it's in two ways i mean there is like advertising and marketing and you know so we focused on in on, in that aspect we focused on um Google ads and then we focused on content marketing to um help to understand people's problems and break it down and um plug keeper into business owners problems yeah um and then we also like we are really big on social media but there's also like the part of it that is um tied to the product itself because you know how you said that um business owners don't think about accounting and I said oh business owners do think about accounting business owners are searching for an accountant so because once you start a small business you very quickly see that it's not an NGO and you're not doing charity work so if you start your small business with 50k you know you expect that that's how sometimes it's going to be 70k and if it's not 70k then you start looking for where the problem is and then you know you're very quickly going to now start thinking of looking for an accounting product for you and all of that so right. so in that light in the light of oh people that are actually searching for this solution to their problem how we're able to you know attract and retain them because that's very important is just through like proper research um mm-hmm. and that is like something that i think is like really great at and um, keeper 
you know, we're always talking to users, we're always talking to business owners because using all of these other platforms, using all of these different ad, um, advertising channels would get you customers, like, it would get you users, but, you know, really understanding their problems would help you like retain them. So if I had to say, oh, what is helping us at this time, like we think the, the users that we get, I would say that it's research. Constantly like understanding their problem and then growing the product in that way to, you know, just meet them at their own point of need. I think that's the most important thing. Great. Thank you so much for that. Thank you for clarifying that. Um, so my next question will be about Nigeria as a market. Um, I understand that quite a bunch of these businesses are even just getting into technology and it's not like a US market where, where technology is like the So what would you say would be a challenge for a product trying to, you know, get into a market like this that, you know, the businesses or the customers really need to find their way around the technology? What, what would you say? You know, what, what would you say helped you to maneuver that, and what would be your suggestion to someone building a product? Okay, I would first of all say that you first need to know that you're not building a product for people in the US, and you're not building a product for people in the UK. So a lot of um, right fancy things that um, that people in all of these different parts of the world are able to do with their products you can't exactly build it in the same way and that is why um you know that is why for example a lot of our users have tried using products like wave but it's not working for them again because it's not built for them so you need to first of all and i know i keep on circling back to this and i think like the reason i do is because a lot of like people that are building companies right now and building products right now are not building it with data they're not building it with research so if your comp if your product isn't backed by research then you're going to make you're just going to like fail ultimately and I'll, I'll give an example an example is that even in writing copies to sell the product a way that we do it here is that we have like interviews with different users and so in different ways you're able to hear and listen to to how they are talking about your product. You know, it's because you can in one way be thinking that, oh, this is why people would use this product. This is why people love this product. But that's not what they are thinking about. And that's not how they are saying it. So we speak to users and we're able to hear how they are describing our products and say, oh, this is why I like this product. This is the problem that this product is solving for me. And that is now what influences all of the content that we put out. So we describe Kipa as a product the way our users describe it. So we, the emotions that we are trying to like build on is the way that the product already makes people feel. You know, so if it makes them feel more professional, then we are saying that we're going to help more businesses feel more professional. If it makes them feel like, oh, they're running a really big business, then we are saying that we're going to help your small business feel like you're running a big business. So what is like at the core of growing a big like a, a, a business for a particular niche and in this part in, in this um instance this is nigerian business owners is listening to them first so when you're able to listen to them then you're able to market for them because yeah that is like at the core the core is listening and doing like research 
great. That that really helped put it into perspective because um, from a lot of founders that I've interacted with, they probably just keep complaining that oh, the market is not ready or things like that, and you know they are probably just trying to hope that these people find their way around technology. But I, I see that you're trying to communicate that if these people understand what the product is supposed to help them do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't mind finding their way around what you have built in the way that they would at least be able to make make their way around the hack. Is, is yes, that correct? Yes. Yeah, that that's that that's very important because you know, we keep saying that Nigerian people are not ready for technology. And and this isn't to say that that's not true. That is true because how many people are using the internet here? But it, it's also true that people are using WhatsApp every day. And that is because they know that WhatsApp solves the problem of communication for them easily. So there's a disconnect between building this amazing product and, you know, having it do like all these fancy things. And then there's that disconnect with making sure that the people you're building this product for understand how this product solves their problems, understand how this product like would change their life. And, you know, the marketing channels are the same. The marketing channels are the same, you know, so there's PPC and then there's social media. You want to rank high with SEO and you want to use email marketing. And if you're even like, look, you want to use in-app, you want to use notifications. Right. But again, it's very important that you clearly understand how your product can help them and you communicate to them, oh, this is how this product can help you in different ways. Because there are use cases for different products in different ways. Right. And what that means is that for person A, this product is going to solve one problem for them. So, and in, even in interacting with customers, again, another example I can give is for one user, it's the fact that she can manage her inventory easily using Keeper. So that is for her the, the best feature that, oh, you know, she, whenever she's running out of stock, the product prompts her and lets her know that, oh, this item that your customers really love, it's running out of stock and you want to reach out to your supplier to get, get like more stock. But for another that's a person, wild yes, yeah. But for another person, that's not it. For another person, it's the fact that you know she wants to send invoices to her customers to look like really professional. She wants to operate like a very professional business, and so for her, that solves her problem. So it's important that, that is- you break down all of the features that your product has, and you really try to think of all of the ways that it can solve problems for your users, and you communicate that that to them on several channels in different ways. Great. Wow. That was so insightful. So, so insightful. Thank you very much for that. So my next question will be a follow-up to this and which would be about how do you, you know, communicate to different people that have different use cases? Someone is trying to just get a professional invoice. Someone else is trying to have their event in good shape. Someone else trying to collect money faster. How do you communicate the product value to these different people without, in quotes, boring the other person that isn't interested in that other feature? Okay, I'll say that at the, at, at the beginning, um, you know, you want to just segment as best as you can. You want to like um, use segmentation across all of your different channels as best as you can. But at the end of the day, it wouldn't be 100%. 
um, and segmentation works in the, in the fact that some people are, for example, on Google searching invoice app, and so you want to at the point where they are se- they are searching invoice app, you want to have content for that. You want to have maybe a landing page. So that segmentation is in two two ways. It's in for your company and your product. It's in breaking down all of the different features that you have and making sure that they have their own individual footprints on the internet. Yeah. So you want to have all of those things segmented. But then on the other hand, you also want to make sure that there's marketing materials that are segmented for all of these different use cases. And there's no need to, in my opinion, there's no need to deceive yourself that you can cover all of the use cases. You can't cover all of the use cases for your product because even as we continue to build, we continue to see new ways that people are interacting with the product. So you can't con- you can't cover all of the use cases. But what you can do is cover as much as possible. So that means that there should be marketing assets on all of these different channels, explaining all of the different ways that you serve um, all of the different personas. And so in in that way, you've covered two angles. You've covered if a business owner is looking for one software for example just like lands on keepers page and is trying to understand what your product solves for them so you have marketing materials that touches on the different features yeah and then you've also now covered its segmentation in the way of your company in that you've broken down all of your features so if somebody is looking for a specific thing you have content that matches that so if you're trying to like speak to different audiences at different times you want to do segmentation um very very clearly and i i think that some people what's how how this um how this can be an issue for some people is that some people attempt to do all of the segmentation at the same time they attempt to um think of all of their audiences at once i don't i don't think that that's the best approach i think that you do your research and then you just you just move because in 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 you know as you described it like a disruptor year you can't afford yeah. to wait you can't afford to just like you don't have that luxury of time so you True. want to like keep moving and keep growing as quickly as possible um True. and you want to then improve you want to then have covered like four use cases and then find a fifth use case for your product and double down on that segment for that create content for that and then do advertising for that new segment that you found but you don't want to like stay still great that helps a lot that helps a lot so before i take questions from the comment section i would just like to ask um for some newbie trying to get into this industry and try to um, become a product marketing manager would you say that you know having some prior experience in other digital marketing channels is a prerequisite becoming a product marketing manager or you can just say oh I'm starting my career and the first thing I want to do is become a product marketing manager and boom I'm going for it what do you think um okay so very recently and I really wish that this was like still on but very recently um so I'm recruiting for my product marketing team and so I'm recruiting like associates to join my team um, unfortunately that is like that is like closed at this time but so when somebody says oh I'm a product marketing manager that means that you've done like product marketing for some time and so you can now attain like a managerial level however there are like you can 
start off your career because like there are some people that are already working on my team and so they're starting off their career as product marketers if that is your first job so it's so it's very possible however however you're trying to transition so if maybe you have one or two years of experience and you're trying to now transition from any other any other thing into product marketing i think that it's important that you have some background in other forms of marketing um because you know what product marketing essentially is is understanding the product enough to market it internally and externally um so to market it to different members of the team itself and then to market it to people outside so your users and other people who are like other stakeholders for your um, product and i don't think that you can do that effectively if you don't have experience in other marketing channels as a manager however i think that you can begin your career as a product marketing associate or the product marketer depending on you know what the company chooses to like name that role but um as a on a managerial level i think you definitely would need to have some experience in other aspects of marketing and if you're starting off your career in product marketing as a, as an associate on intern or just like a product marketer over time that is the experience that you would gather you would gather like different marketing experiences as well so the only thing that is required like where you need experience more is depending on what stage of your career you're moving into so for me that transitioned into like as a product marketing manager i already had a lot of years of um different um digital marketing experiences great thank you very much for clarifying that um thank you thank you so much for that so i'm just going to take some questions from the comment section so someone says how did keeper generate customer feedback to know how best to optimize products for the customers so what oh. what you you got that right Yeah, yeah, I do understand that. Great. Um I wish that you could you could meet our customer success lead Max, he's a champ. Um so because of we're building first for customers and, and a lot of companies say that. A lot of companies say that they are building, yep. <laughs> building for customers. <laughs> but it, it, it's not really true. But because of we are <laughs> because of we are um we're listening to customers all the time. So we're not even just waiting for customers to tell us their problems. We are proactively asking them. We are running like user interviews, you know, like once every other week. And so it's and it's easier. It's easier when you have like when you interact with your customers. So this is like something that Keeper has as an organization has been doing since inception. So it's easier now because you have a bunch of customers in your pool that already trust you because you've you've already been interacting with them since day one. So they are more likely to, you know, tell you that oh this feature isn't working or can you do this better for me yeah even without you asking because we've been doing it for a while however if you're working at at a, for a product that hasn't been doing this for a while if you've not been getting customer feedback for a while and um you want to now like proactively get it it's going to take some work definitely so that would mean you like calling your customers maybe creating like some channel with some 20 30 40 customers and interacting with them more more often and some perks that you could give customers that you're trying to get feedback from is maybe you can let them use um features before they are used for, by other people maybe you can get them to like test different part of the product um and maybe you can like hold different sessions to teach them how your product works So in some way you want to create a community of very loyal customers who are 
able to test things for you because you don't want to build in isolation. It's very important that you're not building in isolation because again, like not even just for marketing and growth, yeah, but even for product and engineering, you don't want to just think that you're building something for people and you know, in, you, you, you think you're solving a problem, but you're not solving their own problem. Yeah. So you that having that pool of some, you can start from a small number. You can start from 30 people. It can be that you get a list of all of your customers and you call 100. And so your goal is just to get maybe like 30 or 40. And that 30 or 40, you're interacting with them often. You're asking them their problems. You're resolving their, their, their problems really fast. You're prioritizing them in hope that you're able to test with them, you're able to like to engage them, you're able to roll out new features with them. That really helps. Great. Thank you so much for that. So I'm gonna pick the next question. Um, someone asked, what growth strategy was initially used at Keeper and what's correct what strategy is currently being used to drive results? <laughs> um, well, so you know confidential or yeah and, definitely uh, yeah um so I'm going, I'm going to share what i can um okay. the first thing i would say is experimentation you don't you don't get to sleep <laughs> you don't get to you want to if you're sending out an email experimentation with as little as an email if you're sending out an email you want to send out two versions because you want to see which version resonates more with your customers if you're putting out a post on Instagram, you want to create like three or four versions. And even if you can't even like test all of those versions with people outside of your, your organization, you can test it internally. So we're constantly experimenting with different things. We're experimenting even within the product. Um, you know, what to change, why the color should be this way, how, how to build, what um, new upgrades should come to a particular feature. You're experimenting and you're seeing, oh, do users like this. Users don't like this, then let's pull it back. Um, users like this, then let's double down. Maybe let's replicate this change across um, the entire product. So I think our number one um, strategy for growth is experimentation. And I, I think that, I, I don't even know if to say that's number one. Um, I think I keep on saying this, but listening to your customers is very important. Listening to your customers would really help you um, to, to go the extra mile. Um, apart from that, we also use a lot of, a lot of, obviously a lot of advertising. But again, even experimentation with that. You you want to experiment with like a different audience, and then optimize for that. You want to drive down your general costs by just doing like different experimentations to optimize for for, for you know a, a low cost per click. Um, right. Yes, yeah, so experimentation and listening to to users are the two like top growth strategies. And any other thing I would say would be, I think that would be like too um, confidential to share. Great, thank you very much. Thank you very much for that. So, um, someone asked, I know someone that found Keeper while searching for invoicing app on Google Play Store. As a follow-up to describing it the way user wants, do you also focus on pushing specific product features? Hmm, I think that's a great question. <laughs> that's a great question because, um, what you push is at the center of users and business. Um, there are like specific features that from a business and organization point of view are priority at specific times. But there are also features that, you know, 
for example, so you roll out, and this is like um, a hypothetical situation. You roll out all of these features. You roll out one product with three or four features, and then you get like hundred customers. If forty of your, like forty percent of your entire hundred percent is more biased towards using one particular feature, then it really makes sense for you to like. It's a great assumption that more p- people are interested in that feature. And so definitely you should push that feature more because just on a flat scale, you've built all of these different features, but people have naturally, organically gravitated towards one feature more. And so you're more likely to push that feature. Yeah. Um, So that is, but then, so I, I think that, but then at the end of the day, if your organization as a whole is prioritizing another feature, then you would want to give that equal amount of um, advertising, you know, for lack of better words, spend. Yeah. So what you push is at, is, at, is at the center of what is great for your organization and um, what users naturally gravitate to. Because if, you're, if you push like what users naturally gravitate to, you're definitely just going to get better results um, all in all. Right. Thank you for that. Um, to me, I mean, that was really insightful. Because, you know, if I'm going to project this a little more, it's like customers want something, but you also want to put something that is good for business and you just need to find a balance between what you are putting out there. Right. Um, so I'm just going to move to the last question. Hopefully, then... Just second to last. Again, thank you so much for your time. We just have a few more questions left and we can release you uh right so someone someone is asking this is more of a personal question not really about the company Um, Mm -hmm. someone said based on your background why did you choose to work at keeper why not at another product or another you know okay yeah um (laughs) so the first thing is um i really wanted to work at a product that was impactful and um you know to be honest it doesn't really get more impactful than small businesses in in nigeria because it's it's a huge demographic we are we are we are targeting people that have like shops in alaba but we are also targeting people that run a small business on instagram and so it's a very wide demographic and so impact is clear but i also wanted to work with very smart people and um uh how smart the people at Kipa are it's mind-blowing so in my first conversation with the founders um during like you know getting to work at the company right. it was just like oh my god these people are really smart people and this product seems like it's a very impactful product and by the time i had done like more research onto how impactful it would be for like business owners generally i definitely wanted to join and then when i joined the kind of conversations we were having the kind of um, responsibility I had within the company, um, I didn't think it was a bad choice at all. The people there are very smart, and at the core, they're also really trying to, you know, impact people's lives, and that's very important for me. Um, yeah, and it's also a company that <laughs> that really cares about their people, um, and you know, you just always feel like you're doing good work. And when you're not doing good work, it's even like clear why. So yeah, it's impact. It's um, you know working with smart people and it's generally also that the company cares about me and i can feel that 
great. Thank you very much for that. Um, thank you for that. Uh, so my last question would be, what does your marketing team or what does your growth team look like? And, you know, how have you set up the team for success? Is there a content marketer, a paid ad person, an SEO person, or, I mean, what does, what does it look like? Ah, uh, okay. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm not 100% sure if I can give this information, but I'm just going to, like, attempt to give it. Um, at Keepite, segmentation in terms of roles is very clear in that I'm doing product marketing and I'm doing that. Um, and the product marketing team is a separate standalone team. And then there's a brand marketing team that is a separate standalone as well. And then there's a growth team that is a separate standalone as well. And then so the growth team focuses on things like SEO and um, um, just general optimization and experimentation. And you know, the brand marketing team focuses on, you know, branding and just generally how we sound on like um, different channels. And the product marketing team focuses on driving like new users to the product and making sure that people understand the product enough to use it in different ways. Um, so they are, I, I, again, I'm not sure who, you know, if like what information to give and whatnot. <laughs> yeah, but it's that there's every, it, there's somebody for everything that the organization needs, and you right. hardly find that two roles are lumped into one. So there oh. is, yeah. So the, the team is Great. the team is a lean team, yeah, but it's also an efficient team. Great. So the reason for the question is because you know at Eastern Growth School we're trying to train talents to plug them into growth roles across the yeah. continent and across the world. So some people are currently in the stage where they're trying to find where they fit in and what does growth team look like in different products and where oh, they find Oh, yeah. Stuff. Yeah, so, so again, it's, it's... And all of us generally um, are managed by, like, head of growth, uh, a chief growth officer, but... Um, in different ways, like all of these different teams have different goals. So the brand marketing team has different goals from the product marketing team and has different goals from the growth um, from the growth team. So yeah, that's how it is structured here. Um, yeah. Great. Thank you so much. We really, really appreciate. Um, thank you for sharing your great insights. In fact, to me, this was quite very... Um, insightful for me because I was pretty much able to get your insight on a few things that I already know but you know just need to hear it from someone else doing this also uh, thank you so much we can release you now we really appreciate the time thank you for thank you um, thank everybody so much I'm, I'm, I think that you guys are doing like really great great work and um I was very, I had a nice time. I had a nice time and, and thanks for the questions as well. It was very...